When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In this episode, I'm going to talk about adverse childhood experiences in the in the school system. Many people don't realize so many students really struggle with anxiety and depression and trauma and abuse. And there's an acronym called ACEs, and it stands for, for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And uh, I worked for a school district for three years and uh, as a mental health therapist, and I helped the district help kids who were really struggling in school because of their mental health. And I wanted to talk about this episode in particular because now that we're on summer break, most of the schools uh, are either on spray, uh, summer break or uh, have been away from COVID. And I wanted to talk about what is going on in our school systems that many people don't realize with adverse childhood experiences coming up. Welcome back to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray, and I'm a board-certified counselor and the host of the Mental Health Today show. I'm glad that you're here, and I want to talk about what is going on in our school systems, and in particular with mental health. Uh, so, so many, um, so many things that I've seen in the news uh, in regards to schools have been very negative whether it's COVID or shutting down because of COVID, wearing masks, not wearing masks. And it's been very negative. And I wanted to talk about really what's something that's not talked about a lot, and that is the mental health of the students in the school systems. And what the schools are trying to do to address those needs, because they're overwhelming a number of kids who are suffering from a mental health issue and a lot of schools are not equipped to handle that. And uh, even the school counselors are not really trained on helping students with their mental health. And they, and then a lot of schools have to rely on therapists to help them and uh, to, or maybe a licensed um a licensed social worker to help them with the kids' mental health. And at the district where I worked in Indiana, uh, I, I was impressed with just overall the school systems in Indiana of how they're trying to address mental health. And, and they're calling it social and emotional learning. 
Uh, and I'm sure other states are doing that as well. And I think that's a pretty good description because if you are struggling socially or emotionally, you're not going to learn. And that's one of the things that the school district where I worked was really struggling with. How how can they help students uh, who are really struggling with adverse childhood experiences? How can they help those students succeed in school? And that's where they hired me for three years uh, to help them. And uh, it's been a really an amazing eye-opener for me. Uh, I've been a therapist for a long time, but I've never really worked in a school system. And so many of you probably don't realize just how bad it is uh, in the schools. Your local schools uh, have kids who are really traumatized, and yet they are expected to learn and and to pay attention in class just like everyone else uh, who have not been traumatized. And school is hard enough to to have to sit still and and to pay attention uh, for students. But when they are in a situation or an environment, uh, whether it's extreme poverty or abuse or trauma, uh, or they're in the foster care system, it's almost nearly impossible for students to rise up and to learn. And it's not their fault because of, um, you know, their brains are not developed yet and they're suffering and, and they can't pay attention. And, and if the teachers don't know how to address those students, then it's punishment. It's corporate punishment or, or chastisement in front of the, of the class. And, uh, that's not how you help kids who have been traumatized. In fact, they would push them away and often create um, a disconnect between a student and the school for the rest of their school career. And so I wanted to talk about my experience as a mental health therapist in the schools and to help you as a parent or maybe you're an educator, maybe you work in a school system as well, or uh, chances are you know somebody who has a child or, or who is working in the school system. And I think it's this episode is timely for everybody. I hope this is an eye-opener for everyone. Because like I said, this is a hidden thing, not necessarily on purpose, but it's hidden because a lot of schools don't know how to address it. And I wanted to talk about my experiences at, at, um, at, a, at a school district, and maybe it will help you uh, maybe get involved when your school or just uh, just for some knowledge. Uh, maybe you have a child that goes to school and, and maybe that one student in your child's classroom stands out because they get in trouble all the time. And there might be a reason for that. And it might be because they are experiencing adverse childhood experiences. And so, um, the adverse childhood experiences has not is not a new thing. It's been around for uh, since the late nineties, and it was developed by the CDC and um, in a hospital in California, and they joined together to to do a series of surveys of adults. And the survey asked several questions of when the adults were kids. Uh, younger than 18. And there were 10 questions. I'm not going to go through all 10 of them right now, uh, but it's, uh, it helps 
to know uh, if you answered yes of the 10 questions, then you, that's one aces. So there's 10 ace score, uh, a total of 10. And studies have shown over the years that if a student scores three or higher, the likelihood of failure of school is very high. And even in, in um, increases in death rates, early death rates, because Kids who have experienced a lot of trauma tend to self-medicate and, and in, involved in drugs uh, and other uh, things that are bad for them. So there, there are 10 questions that this survey has asked. And, and really, the ACEs is what I used in this district to help this district discover just how many students in, their, uh, in the schools within the district really had a high A score and a high, I mean, three or more. And we discovered as we went through, we didn't ask the kids these questions, but we asked the teachers to get input because a lot of teachers have a pretty good idea of what's going on in the homes and whether the student has told them or the parent themselves uh, and and so we asked the parents, or I'm sorry, asked the teachers what they knew of their students, all anonymous, and we discovered that a very high percentage in our school district, it's a rural school district, had a very high A score. And sure enough, the kids with a high A score uh, were failing, or they were a uh, kind of the 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 students in the classroom that would often get referral or they would get an out of school suspension or they'd be disciplined in some way. And so it repeats the, the problem when a student uh, is, is disciplined and punished in school and then they don't want to be at school and they rebel against that. It doesn't help them. It keeps them, from succeeding and it makes things worse. And so the dropout rate is pretty high, but when we can understand the child and we look at the heart of the child, not the behavior. And that's the key here. When you're looking at childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences. So for instance, if a child's history, family history involves one or more parents who have been incarcerated that is an A score. That's one. If a child has experienced a, a separation or divorce of their parents, that's another A score. Or if their parents have a mental illness in the family or substance abuse history in the family, that's another A score. And so as these kids, as we discovered that these kids have pretty high A scores, we also discovered that they are not succeeding in school. And they were often the ones that were punished the most. And so we realized that it was repeating a cycle of uh, keeping, really keeping the student from succeeding because we, they kept being punished. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't discipline a child. We, that's important. That's a part of their uh, growth as a child is to be disciplined. But you, it's important of, of how you discipline that child. If it's a negative corporate punishment, like an out-of-school suspension, well, that's not going to help them, especially if the trauma and the abuse is happening at home and we're just telling them to get out of our 
just get out of our classroom, get out of our school and just go home. That's not going to help. It's going to make it worse. And so we discovered that the kids who, who are really struggling had a high A score. They had anxiety. They had depression. They had oppositional defiant disorder, or they had reactive attachment disorder. And you can imagine those who are really struggling, it, they act out in class, especially the younger kids, the kids in elementary schools, if they are experiencing a lot of trauma or a lot of uh, a lot of adverse experiences at home, they're going to act out in the classroom. And they are the ones that tend to get in trouble the most. When uh, the, there's a child in middle school or high school, it's a little different. They're not necessarily acting out as much, but there's more of a quiet defiance. And or they just don't do the work or they withdraw so there, depending on the age of the child, there is a lot of behavior that can point to or show red flags that there might be some trauma in this child's life. And for the schools who are not equipped, and I would say most schools in America today are not equipped to help kids with mental health. And it's not a fault of their own. I think we're just now starting to realize that the school systems have to really partner with mental health therapists. And that's what our district did. I actually helped our district partner with a local agency who had therapists and um, other individuals in the agency to work with these kids. And we've seen a lot of success and growth. In that, and and I think that if other schools were to adopt that that um, that philosophy, if you will, is to reach the kids who are really struggling in school and try to identify what is going on at home or in their life, and help them uh, as best as we can, and then they can be ready to succeed in school. And if they can succeed in school, they can break that cycle that they grew up with, or maybe their parents grew up with. Cause we just, we discovered that a lot of the kids with a high ACE score, their parents also had a high ACE score. And if we can, as a school, as schools can learn more about it and learn how to help these kids, the more likely we're going to help break that cycle and to allow these kids to succeed and graduate from school and be productive citizens. And then they can have kids and then repeat the positive cycle. That's what we want. And that's the challenge that our school systems are facing. Uh, it, they just don't know how to help those students who are very disruptive. Because our natural tendency, if you're a teacher and you have a student that continues to be a problem in your, in your, in your class, you want to get rid of the problem. Because after all, you have the rest of your class to take care of. And uh, that's true. That is very true. But we also need to learn how do we help them and how do we talk to them and how do we discipline those kids. And so if the school has school counselors and therapists uh, in place, then they can rally around that student and help the teacher at the same time. And kids who uh, that I worked with, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the kids uh, the parents were in jail, one or even both of them, and their grandparents were taking care of them. They, they be, the grandparents were the legal guardian. And 
or they would go back and forth to grandparents and, and mom uh, or dad. And they, they, a lot of the kids didn't know where they were spending the night. And as you can imagine, that would create a lot of anxiety. And if, if the student is struggling at home, they're going to struggle at school. And some kids looked at school as their as a very safe place, and they didn't like breaks. Like we're on summer break, and a lot of kids are on summer break. But that's not being home is not necessarily the best place for them. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. And so it's very challenging for the school system to help these kids, but it's critical. Because there are more kids in the schools who have high ACEs score than you realize. And if you work at a school, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm sure you can think of students that probably have trauma in their life because they're acting out. And many teachers, uh, and many teachers have to call child protective services because what they heard or what they see, whether they see a bruise or a mark on a child, and it is because a parent was abusive to them. And that takes an emotional toll on teachers as well. And one of the things that I discovered working in the school system is uh, what might be fairly common to me as a therapist is not really common to teachers because they are hearing things and seeing things that they might not otherwise hear and see. And these are their students that they love. Teachers love their students. And when they have to make a call to child protective services, that's not a good thing. It's not a fun thing for anybody, but it's what's important and, and it protects the child. A school can't be everything to everybody, but it's important for the community to come together and to work together. And that's the other thing that I noticed in the school district is that we did have that. We worked, I was able to work with the the police department, child protective services, uh, and other organizations as a community to work together in the schools. So it's not an isolated, it's not just the schools doing everything. And that worked well. And I think if we as a nation, as as a United States, and I'm sure that's this way in other countries as well, uh, kids in our school systems need help that uh, that they need extra help that, other than just education. And there's got to be a way and a system to be able to give these kids what they need because we need to support them and encourage them, especially those kids who have gone through adverse childhood experiences. 
and there are many, many out there. And so what, what is the answer? The answer is we come together as a community. If you're a business leader uh, or a business owner or a leader in your community, what can you do in your local schools? It could be a simple thing and churches uh, can be a simple thing as um, doing a, a fundraiser and helping your school with clothes. And that's, I, I worked this past year, I worked in the poorest school in our district and it's a, it was a rural district and uh, we had churches that would donate and, and local businesses that would donate coats during the wintertime. Or they would donate uh, shirts and socks and clothes and food. And a lot of the kids that I worked with did not have food at home. So we would give them food so they would take home and have it over the weekend or over spring break. We would often in the school would have to change. The kids would need a change of clothes because either it was too dirty or something happened uh, to their clothes. And it was very nice to be able to have extra set of clothes for those kids. And the past year, because of COVID, we were running low on masks for kids and, and the community stepped up. So there's a lot that we can do as a community if we know what the need is. And I, I would say don't don't rely on the school to reach out because there's the school has enough of stress in things that they have to do as a school to reach out to everybody. So if you're listening to this and you feel like that you can't help your school, call your local school and ask them, what can you do to help? What is one thing that you can do? And I'll guarantee you the school will be grateful for that. Because if we don't come together as a community to help these kids, and, and if we say to ourselves, well, it's not my kid, it's not my problem, I'm not going to help, I don't, I don't know what to do. If everyone said that, then these kids are not going to get help that they need. And so my encouragement to you would be is to ask yourself, okay, we know we have kids in our school right down the road from you. You have a school and in that school, there are several kids who are really struggling in school and it's likely because of trauma or some type of adverse childhood experience and they need help. The school needs help. And I'll tell you, I didn't know how badly the schools have it when it comes to mental health until I actually worked in it. I'm a therapist and I had a private practice for a long time and I had clients who were kids and students, but I didn't know how bad it really was until I actually got into it and saw with my own eyes how hard and, and, and difficult it is for schools to help these kids. It can be done. It's not a lost cause. And if a child who has a high ACEs score has at least one adult, and this is what research shows, if they have one adult that cares for them and loves, for, loves them and, and is safe around them, then the odds of that child succeeding rises dramatically. And in the schools, who do you think are going to be the ones that are loving the kids and being that person? It's the teachers, it's the administrators, it's the school counselors, it's the school resource officers. It's the, it's the people who are in the schools quietly helping and loving on the students. But they need help and they need us as a community to surround them and to help them. 
And so uh, I wanted to do this episode because I think it's needed. I think it's uh, important for us uh, as individuals to ask ourselves, what can we do uh, to help our schools? It it's, happens in, uh, in every school. So don't just think, well, I live, I live in a pretty wealthy neighborhood and uh, my school is pretty wealthy. And so there's not really any trauma. There's not really any adverse childhood experiences going on there. Well, I can tell you this, it's, it's not just because of finances. It's not because of social status. It doesn't matter. Um, no matter where, what school you're close to, it's, they, have, they have some students that need help. So I encourage you to do that. I hope this has been uh, an eye-opener for you. Uh, maybe you've known this. Maybe this is something that's not new to you. Uh, I, and look up adverse childhood experiences and do your own uh, study and research. Uh, the, it's an acronym of ACEs, A-C-E, with a little S. Uh, you can look it up. I encourage you to do so. You might be, have experienced it yourself. You might have a pretty high ACE score. Uh, and you might have anxiety and depression, and maybe that's where it's coming from. And maybe you have some trauma. Um, and maybe this was you when you were a student. And maybe you can identify or think back to a, a person who was uh, really kind to you and loved you and, and, and then helped you succeed and graduate. Uh, that'd be great. And, and how awesome would it be for you then to help the schools? To share your story, to be there for that one student that's always and seems to be in trouble. And that one student is probably the one that's always seems to be in trouble at school and at home. And you can just imagine what that student feels about themselves. So thanks uh, for listening. I hope this has been helpful to you. Uh, let me know. I, I would love to know if you have experienced, maybe you're a school, you work in a school system and maybe you've experienced this firsthand. Maybe you have a, uh, a child in school and, and maybe you've heard of a, a student in your child's uh, classroom that gets in trouble all the time. Uh, maybe uh, you are a community member, member and you're wanting to get involved more and help. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be a one-time event that you help the school. And, uh, and so if that's you, if you are interested, reach out to me and I'll be glad to help you uh, give you some ideas what you can do. So I hope this has been helpful. I appreciate you. You've been listening to the Mental Health Today show. I've been talking about adverse childhood experiences in the schools, and that's something that's not talked about nearly as no, uh, enough um, in mental health in the schools. There's a lot that can be done. I think there's a lot that is being done that's not being reported, unfortunately, in the news uh, because there's a lot of amazing schools out there doing some amazing things. We're just not aware of it. So I hope uh, this has encouraged you some, uh, maybe reach out to the school and ask them what you can do to help. All right, well, I'm going to let you go. Until next time, take care of yourself, work on your mental health, and that way you can help someone else's. All right, guys, take care. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.